You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Here we go. I have a bad feeling about this. Follow me, boys! You're not shinies anymore. Go, go, go! again everyone and welcome to another episode of the clone war strikes back episode seven this is the this is the show you've been waiting 30 years for wait no, wrong episode seven uh my name is dominic and joining me as always is my good friend and co-host kieran how are you doing this week kieran i'm fantastic dominic looking forward to another clone wars arc special and uh it, it seems like it's been a long time it has been the usual two weeks but we're getting back into the river now looking forward to it how are you doing Dominic? Oh, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to, to it too it's so great to be back in the rhythm I'm exhausted though I gotta tell you I've been uh, I've been trying to live on both Sochi time and North American time and, and it's <laughs> uh, it's it's difficult and tiring and I hope but I've managed to catch all of the events I've wanted to watch from the Olympics which is great and more or less managed to keep up with everything I want to do in normal time so I don't know. Maybe t- three weeks from now, I'll just crash, crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not on this podcast. Yeah, no. Got to do a podcast to do. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. You'll just hear me, you know, head first into the microphone, and and, yeah. and that, if that happens, I've f- officially fallen asleep. All if right. I, so, <laughs> so if this, I hear snoring, I'll give a tap on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so we were just discussing and. <sighs> <laughs> I'll take that as a sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not a sign about you. It's just so tired. Oh, man. Yeah, so this is the Clone Wars Strikes Back. This is the podcast where we go back and celebrate the five-year history of Star Wars The Clone Wars by discussing each and every episode and episode arc. All right. Before we jump into our discussion of the episodes for today, we got three great episodes. There's some, been some news that we wanted to mention right off the bat. First off, New trailer for the bonus content slash season six slash whatever you want to call it um, has been aired on Super RTL, the German network that will be airing the episode starting February 15th. So starting in like, geez, four days from from the time of release. So um, there's some good stuff in there, I got to say. Um, it's all in German. <laughs> though. So, I mean, I, you know. I learned like three words of German for Star Wars Celebration Europe and I've forgotten all of them. So it's, you know, my favorite part is when, when, when Count Dooku says, Yavol, my lord. Cause I'm like, Oh, I know those words. My lord. Ah, ha, ha. You English. Know? English. <laughs> Thank you. That maker. Um, what did you, what did you think of the trailer real quick? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty neat trailer and echoing your thoughts there, Dominic. Unfortunately it was in German. And despite the fact as I mentioned to Dominic before this, that I have actually uh, done German at GCSE uh, and I've done it at my sixth form. I still didn't know half the stuff was being said in that trailer. But <laughs> animation-wise, it looks fantastic. 
and I'm absolutely buzzing for this. It seems like they're going to start off with a clone arc from the clips yeah. that we have seen, and on top of that, there seems to be a lot of Darth Sidious and Palpatine yes. as well, which I am pleasantly surprised because I thought they might steer away from that um, and and move on to do um, well, just focus on the clones. But they got him and Count Dooku, which we, we yeah. did talk a lot about in the last podcast, saying that we wish there was more Count Dooku. Well, it looks like we're going to get some and. Hopefully, more though than him just sitting there and talking with his master. But at, at the same time, it's good to see Dooku on the screen again. Um, what about yourself, Dominic? Overall, what were your thoughts on the trailer? Oh, yeah, I, I loved it too. I, I, I'm with you. I love seeing Sidious. I'm so glad they're bringing him in. I, I don't know how you can do an Order 66 arc without him being some kind of playing some kind of role because what it seems like is Order 66 goes off too soon from all the trips. Or the clips and trips, the trailers, trailers and clips. <laughs> Went to say trailer, then decide clips, and we got trips. Um, from all the trips that we've seen, it seems that Top is uh, experiencing some flash forwards or some some feelings he's not supposed to for a few more years. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. And and you know, even though it's in German, it's just so good to see new Clone Wars. We haven't seen mm. new Clone Wars. Since Celebration Europe, we saw the one clip of of Yoda escaping uh, with Anakin, and before that, we I mean we'd seen that at Star Wars weekends, you know, bootlegs from that, and then before that, the last we'd seen of it was was May the Fourth. It's been a long gap since we've gotten new Clone Wars stuff, and you know, with things are happening with the Clone Wars over the last couple of days, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some of those announcements we've been looking for in the next week. Uh, I I would look Wednesday for for some kind of announcement mm. just because that seems to be the day they they do all their big announcing on StarWars.com, and that that's my that's just speculation that's a guess, and but just you know all this German stuff, and then the other thing that we're going to mention briefly, um, it's just it's all pointing that something is coming and hopefully it's the bonus content because you know once the bonus content once we know the date we can stop whining about it and you know get to it celebrate the end and then you know move forward with a completely clean slate for rebels and 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 episode seven absolutely Uh, because the fact is we finally got a date not for america or for britain but there's actually a date where it's going to be aired so it's, it's it's truly an advert on the television now we know it's definitely coming, even though it's in German. It's coming this Saturday in Germany. And that, yeah. in my opinion, uh, makes me think that it's not going to be long before it starts being aired, particularly in America. I am still quite surprised that it's aired in another well, a foreign country other than America, but based on the fact that it was made in America. But then if you uh, listeners le- read Dominic's article on Star Wars The Clone Wars bonus content, frequently asked questions you do allude to the fact that's a nice plug there you do yes, allude to, thank you you do allude to the fact that the, the uh the german fan base uh for the clone war seems to be the largest in the eyes of um of the makers uh the largest fan base in the world so they're kind of rewarding them as a consequence for that if if that if i'm correct in that i don't want to say anything yeah. wrong but is, is that right yeah that, that yeah that's what that's what i've heard and that's what other people have heard that you know german german star wars fans and, and specifically clone wars fans they really supported the show really well when it was on on the air over there and so lucasfilm rewarded them by giving them the final episodes first and possibly the only people to get it on broadcast television the rest of us 
maybe looking at some kind of digital or, or digital release or some kind of disc thing, or, you know. So, um, yeah, good for Germany. I mean, they, they're getting all the good Star Wars stuff. They got a celebration. They get the Clone Wars bonus content. <laughs> Man, you know, they might as well just premiere episode seven a week early there, you know? <laughs> just, you know, good, for, good on you, Germany. <laughs> They'll probably get the Red premiere as well, you know? Oh, man. Good stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. definitely. That now, would be now, so great. Now I wish I'd paid more attention in my German classes, you see? Now, <laughs> this, is, this is karma coming back to haunt me now. If I wasn't paying attention more in my German lessons, then I would have been able to listen to what they were saying. But now I haven't. And this is the consequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh man! And the other, the other big, big thing that came out this week, um, the Clone Wars soundtrack, sort of. Um, Kevin Kiner, uh, the composer of all the music for the series, put about fifty-seven. Uh, some debate of what the actual count is. Somewhere between fifty-seven and sixty tracks up on his website from the movie. All the way through the the season five finale, and man, oh man, there's some good stuff. I, I, I just I've been listening to it all day. I'm still only about halfway through it, and it's it's so good. It's it's so good. It, ah, everybody knows the John Williams music is is you know the oxygen of Star Wars, but this stuff, this some of this stuff, especially that the music from that last scene with Ahsoka and Anakin, really belongs up in the canon with the rest of the john williams mm. music well Ke- kevin kiner's music is i i didn't think there was anything major majorly wrong with it at the start but i know fans were a bit ambivalent towards his music because they're obviously comparing it to john williams and it's very difficult but he, he tried to make it his own and i think by the end he did and some of the tracks on there like you've alluded to dominic particularly at the end were absolutely fantastic in that final arc there are some fantastic tracks use of the orchestra there is absolutely brilliant and i think i was so so happy that they finally come out and it was a great surprise i, I didn't expect it to come out at this time I, i'd at least oh, have no. expected it to come out after the bonus content but as you said this is all um i suppose what's the word a propaganda machine almost you know getting us geared <laughs> up for the bonus content letting us know that the clone wars is still there and another plus point i thought about this is that it's free and I yeah. thought that it could be coming out on an album or something like that, or you'd have to pay on iTunes. Uh, but it's all free. You can all, everyone, go. If you haven't looked at it or listened to it now, you've got to do it because it's some great ch- tracks on there. I like Dominic. I haven't listened to all of them, but already some of them, they already bring me back memories. And to be honest, a, a great compliment I can give is that when I listen to the tracks, I can already envisage the episode or the arc in my mind or the particular scene and i think that that's that's what makes good music because you, you can you can get back into that moment just by listening to it uh, not even having to listen to dialogue or watch it but you, you're straight back in there and that's what john williams music does and that's what i think kevin kiner's music has really done and i'm, I'm very very happy that it's finally getting the recognition because a lot of fans particularly by the end of season five were calling for a, a music album and and they finally got it. Yeah, it seems like you know they they couldn't wrap their their minds around you know the financials of making the album. I guess they didn't think it would be profitable enough. But so as sort of a, a gesture of you know hopefully goodwill to the Clone Wars <laughs> fans who have been uh, you know kind of jerked around for the last eleven months, mm. uh, they 
put it out for free so everybody can listen to it and hopefully they'll they'll add some more and it's great to see kevin kiner getting the recognition he deserves if you want to listen to the music go to kevinkiner.com slash music and click on clone wars and there's just so much good stuff for for you and you'll just sit there you know you go go about your other business online you know tweeting or facebooking blogging writing an essay and just listening to this music and it's phenomenal it's it's brilliant it's so good can't say enough good stuff about it um let's jump into the episodes for this week so we have jedi crash defenders of peace and trespass let's start off with the first two that make up sort of the jedi defenders of peace duology um and do you have uh, some plot descriptions for those two episodes kieran i do indeed dominic we'll start off with jedi crash Anakin and Ahsoka arrive at a pitched sky battle to help besieged Jedi General Ayla Sakura. Anakin is gravely injured in the fight. Ayla and Ahsoka, along with the wounded Anakin, Rex and the surviving clones, crash land on the enchanted, grass-covered planet Maridon. Can they save Anakin in time? And for Defenders of the Peace, or Defenders... It is Defenders of the Peace... Or is it Defenders of Peace? Anyway, skip, cut that bit out. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> Defenders Blank Peace. Something in there. This for episode 14, season one. <laughs> Separatist Nemoidian General Locke III arrives to test a devastating weapon which they plan to use on the Lerman. Ultimately, the villagers must decide whether they will lay down to the Separatists or fight with the Jedi to defend their village. Yeah. So, yeah... Some interesting episodes here. You know, we really see the Jedi being questioned for the first time ever, other than than maybe Anakin. And, you know, Anakin was, as much as he went to the dark side because of it, he was kind of right to be questioning the Jedi in episode three. But here we see some legitimate questioning of the Jedi, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's start off with Ayla Sakura. I mean, this is a character that we saw briefly in episodes two and three, and she had a huge backstory in the comics. Um... What was your what was your impression of her in the series? I, I definitely liked her character, uh, particularly when I would compare Ayla Sakura to Luminari, who was the first real member <laughs> of the Jedi Council that we've seen, and and we've already talked yeah. about how. Well, I don't know about yourself, but I wasn't particularly a fan of uh, Luminara unduly. But I think um, mm. Ayla Sakura is a lot more savvy in this episode, and I, I think she really reflects. Um, the good side of the Jedi, to be honest, that she was able to have yeah. this this bit of banter, banter with other other characters that you, you don't always see. You see more the rigidness of the Jedi Council, and uh, she definitely seems to be a bit more of the Anakin Obi Wan side. Uh, maybe that was because yeah. she was a little bit younger, but I've really, really took into her character a lot more than as I alluded to earlier with Luminara Unduli and. I, a French accent, very surprising, but I, I, I've generally got in, kind of indoctrinated into that now. I think it's it really suits Lou. Uh, sorry, I keep on saying Luminar. It, it really suits Ada Sakura because um, all the Twi'leks begin to have that French accent, which is what uh, Dave Filoni actually alludes to in his in his featurette when he says that at, at, on the outset or at the beginning they were going to have a, or he wanted to have a more American. Americanized accent, but George decided to have uh, a more French accent for all of the Twi'leks, and I actually think it's quite good because it really gives that sense of uh, alien species. Not not saying that about the French, but I'm just saying that 
the different accent actually worked, I think, for the Twi'lek. So I, I think it was... Um, I think her character overall, I was I was very happy with. Um, so, what about yourself, Dominic? What were your opinions on Ada Sakura? Yeah, I, I was impressed with her. She, you know, she could have very easily been just sort of a, a, a Luminara type Jedi, where she's just sort of in, you know, in charge. But you know, thinking about it, you know, just by looking at the two characters, you think Ayla's a bit more of a free spirit than Luminara. Just looking at how they're dressed. I mean, Luminara is practically only her face is visible. Mm. Ayla Sakura, you have to look really hard to see the clothes on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's true. So you know, just looking at that, at that at it that way. No, but seriously, she was a, a great character. She was, you know, it was good to see that she was willing to, to help Ahsoka and, and, try and save Anakin not just you know you know that if it had been Luminar it would have been leave just leave him leave him it doesn't matter we have to we have to go we have to survive leave him and you know you get the idea that you know Ayla and Ahsoka they had they were very similar in the upbringing and you get that sense that maybe you know when Ayla was younger she was a lot more like Ahsoka she was sort of the spunky snippy kind of character and she grew into you know, a more respectful Jedi, but she still has elements of that, you know, when, when Admiral Yularen says, uh, are all Jedi so reckless? And she says, just the good ones. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, that was great. Um, yeah, I was, I was very impressed with her. And you kind of got the sense that Ahsoka almost had a little bit more respect for, for Ayla, just the way that she behaved around her. The, the mm. one part that sort of stood out to me is they're, they're crashing the ship and, you know, Ahsoka says, you know, we're, we're, oh, I'm trying, I can't remember what she, what they were going to do, but it re- required a countdown from three. And Ahsoka uh-huh. says, you know, on three, one, two, three. And I just sort of thought, you know, if that was Anakin there, she would have gotten on three, three, and, you know, yeah. done that. And, and, and because Ayla was there, it seemed like she was a bit more respectful. Maybe she learned something from her dealing with Luminara that, you know, she has to be respectful of the, the older Jedi, if not you know totally obedient <laughs> you know what i, I mean can totally see uh, an interesting point you raised there was actually the parallels between the two jedi uh Aina sakura actually mentions it in the episode that she had the same feelings towards her master that ahsoka does with anakin and she found it very difficult mm-hmm. to become detached from them and that's always been a notion that's really uh, made me sympathize, particularly with Ahsoka's character, is the idea that Jedi can't form attachments, but they have to be compassionate. And that's, mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm still puzzled <laughs> as to how you exactly do that. But I, I, I see it as Aya Sakura as almost that sister figure because she's not that older mm-hmm. and she's not really yeah. looking down on Ahsoka and being like Luminara, 10 in it straight. She, she really understands. And I think Ahsoka appreciates that more. that uh, Ada's treating Ahsoka as though an equal, you know, not the yeah. fact she's a Padawan, but the fact that she's a Jedi, and that's what I think yeah. really uh, draws the attachment closer to those two characters. And it's probably what you alluded to earlier, a reason that she has a lot more respect for Ayla, not just her experience with Luminara, but I think more because of Ayla Sakura. Um, she definitely, particularly, uh, well, that scene when. Um, Anakin uh, is first injured, and they put him in a tent, and then Ahsoka says, you know, no, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay. And Ayla doesn't... She, she is firm, but she's not saying, you know, leave him, leave her, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. He's just, She's saying that 
you know, we have to find help. We've got other people to save. She's telling Ahsoka how it is. She's telling her the truth and not beating around the bush and saying, listen, we've got other lives to care for as well. We, we want to help Anakin, then you have to help us. So I really like the fact that there's that close bond between the two characters. And as I summed it up earlier, it really is like a sister relationship where they really get on uh, well with each other. And I, and in a way, I wish I, uh, there was more episodes with those two characters, uh, yeah. the interaction between those two characters, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I was just thinking the same thing. You know, it's one of those things, you know, we don't think about it too much until we go back and watch the episode and you're like, man, it would have been great to see more of those two together. You know, you really feel like, you know, there there was potential there for Ahsoka to really look up to, to Ayla. And, you know, you kind of got that in season three with Ahsoka looking up to Padme, which is which is fine and, and, and good. But, you know, it would have been a little bit different had it been a Jedi. Um, let's see. Let's... Um, you know, last week we talked about a lot about the or last time I should say two weeks ago we talked a lot about um, Star Wars the off-screen wars where everything seemed to happen um, off-screen and in this this arc you know we drop into a middle of the battle and I just wanted to mention that that's how it's done that's how it's done perfectly yeah. you know it doesn't feel like we're missing anything it, it really feels like the beginning of Revenge of the Sith that this is where we need to see the, the story start and this is where our heroes come into this battle and it's you know, it didn't. I didn't feel like I missed anything too important. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that um, real quick. No, I definitely agree. With um, that. Sorry, just to quickly finish on that. But uh, yeah, that that beginning it. part is just going into the space battle. We don't need to know exactly how it started, but it's just there. And I wanted to make a quick note. Actually, I think this is the first time we get to see the tactical droids appear in the episode, even though it's only briefly. But I think it's always cool to note that because uh, I, I won't say the quote, but he does have some. He has a funny quote in this episode, <laughs> and the jetpack droids, which I thought were pretty cool as well. Yeah, those you can really are see cool. how the, yeah. the Clone Wars team are really starting to explore and think outside of the box, really, and put their stamp on Star Wars by introducing these new characters, which always makes it series a lot more interesting. Because if we know the fate of every single character, and you're just using those characters like the Jedi Council, then okay it's good to see them but we know what happens whereas you introduce say ahsoka rex and you've got these different droids it's all you can definitely see the clone wars definitely start to put their stamp on on star wars saga really with these new characters that they're putting for in for sure for sure yeah and, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention that just how beautiful that bad opening battle was you know it's a, the first time we've ever seen sort of a battle in the atmosphere and it's so cool to see all of those ships we're used to seeing up against the blackness of space um going at it against a bright blue sky yeah. it was really cool um let's see let's let's move on uh, of course the jedi getaway and uh staying true to the episode title the jedi crash their ship onto the planet of the lerman i, I can't remember the exact uh, planet name Maradon. Maradon, yes. Um, so they crash onto I'll that call planet. Calling the Lerman planet will be fine. <laughs> Lerman planet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle with, with planet names and, and obscure character <laughs> names, you know. So there'll be a lot of, yeah, the Lerman leader, yeah. the Lerman kid, you know, a lot of that during this episode. Just because that's not my strong suit. Um, yeah, so we crash land there, get out. Um, you know, it's kind kind of... Uh, good timing that the music came out this weekend um, for for Clone Wars because I was listening to this arc as we were watch as I was watching it and just thinking 
man, the music for this planet is just gorgeous. It's, it's so great. It sounds, you know, it's almost like Jurassic Park-esque, just sort of the, the high sort of flute kind of noise and, and just sort of it, it set a great made a great sound for the for the planet Meriden when they first land and they're getting ready to go off and look for the Lerman um, and Anakin's you know lying there all but dead um, also want to quickly mention did you catch the Vader breath yes. when Anakin yes. was lying on I his made, bed and that, too. that was that was I put this eerie there that the, and there was there was a little yeah. I don't know if you caught there was a little bit of a score of the Vader theme too actually Oh, I missed. I, I missed that. To go back and, <laughs> to go back and check that. that. Actually, yeah, really eerie. But I like that because, of course, that that that's Anakin's problem is breathing at that point. Why 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 should it be different <laughs> to when in Episode Three he has to wear that mask? So I really like the allusion to that. But yeah, it was definitely really eerie when you, when I heard that. But so so cool as well. Uh, yeah. As a Star Wars fan, you look out for things like that, and you take notice uh, when you hear, hear that score. Yeah. So, again, that was pretty neat. Yeah, it was a great subtle wink at the camera for the for all the, the hardcore Star Wars fans. Okay, let's move on to, uh, well, we meet the, the lemur people, the Lerman, the, the Scottish <laughs> lemurs. Um, if, if I was feeling braver, I'd attempt a Scottish accent, but I, I just can't do it. Uh, I'm not um, my accent's awful, so uh, I think the only one I can do is British. I can't even do an American accent, so I'll stick with that. Yeah. I, 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 from listening to, to our, our, our buddy uh, Chris Lynn, who was on a couple of the first episodes, I was able to work out an okay Irish yeah. one, but uh, I couldn't. Still, still working on, uh, still working on Scottish. So the we meet the the Lerman, and right away they are questioning the Jedi. They're pacifists, and they don't want anything to do with the Jedi. They they um, you know they say Jedi are no peacekeepers. Jedi are no peacekeepers. No, I can't do it. Um, it's uh, it's it's an interesting idea because you know the Jedi are supposed to be peacekeepers, and we get a sense of what that actually means in um, the next episode we'll talk about, which is trespass. Um, but in this arc, you don't get that. You know, you kind of you kind of almost agree with him at this point. The Jedi are just warriors. You know, they've they've gone over to. You know, they're just fighting battles. They're not really keeping the peace. I mean, they, they say, you know, we're fighting for freedom. We're fighting for, you know, liberty. All of the typical stuff you expect soldiers to say. Um, you know, so I, my question to you is, are, are the Lerman right? Are the Jedi, have the Jedi stopped being peacekeepers? Uh, you have to say, is such a complex answer to that question because... There, there are, <laughs> of course, by the end, uh, and the episodes like these, this is why I like the Clone Wars, it adds so much depth that you can really start to believe episode three when Anakin says, yeah, you know, the Jedi are evil, and you can start to see his perception and why he would think that. I mean, he does raise uh, the leader, I believe his name is Tewatka, that's uh, the leader's name uh, of the Lerman, and he does state when he's in that tent with Ada Sakura that... Um, that by fighting, it takes two sides to fight a war, and only by proclaiming non-violence could the Jedi actually state themselves as being peacekeepers. But 
See, I would like to believe that, but I just think that it's more ignorance on the part of the Lerman because if the Jedi didn't fight, then how how on earth are they going to restore the peace? Because all the separatists would do would be to annex annex new planets, invade, destroy. You know, if the Jedi weren't actually active in this war, Palpatine's won anyway, then isn't he? Because the Jedi have just given up. Yeah. Obviously, we know the Jedi don't know that, but. I really find it difficult to believe him when he says that because they because they're a part of the war then they aren't peacekeepers. This is why I find it difficult when we come later in season 2 to Satine and and her ideas because it sounds good in theory but in reality it's so much different. And a good example of this that which made me feel frustrated with the Taywat car is when he says, what menace have you brought to our village now, Jedi, when the Separatists have just come in and they don't even know the Jedi are there. And yet, because the Jedi are in his tent, he looks towards them as though that's the reason for the threat occurring. And, and he even says something to the effect of that he'd rather die than, uh, than defend himself against the threat of others. I, I, I just... I find it difficult, so... Try and try and yeah. solve the question. I yeah. as, as a complex player, saying I don't really know how to answer the question. But what do you think, Dominic? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, I'm with you on on this for for the most part. I think because you know I, I I like to think of myself as a pacifist. I I don't I don't like war. I don't like that stuff. But at the same time, this is an episode that you know, as much as you know, we can agree with what the Lurmans say in theory. Sometimes it just doesn't work, as we see in this show. And, you know, it, it's, it's such a difficult thing. I think Satine is better when it comes to, you know, giving pacifists a, a good name because she does have that droid decapitator thing on her, a mm. dumb turner offer thing um, that she uses to fight alongside Obi-Wan. But at the, at the same time, you know, because like this guy says, you know, if it's our fate to die, then we're just going to die. You know, if it's our fate to die at the hands of these guys, it's sort of like well, – why do yeah. that when, you know, I think this is really an example of someone who is, who believes so much in their beliefs that they just can't, they can't adapt at all. And part of the, you know, part of the message of Star Wars is those who can't adapt die. And that was sort of, that was sort of hammered home in some deleted scenes from episode two with uh, Padme showing Anakin around her room. Wonder why that was cut. <laughs> um, um so yeah, it's, I think it's it's more that than you know saying you know pacifism is bad, pacifism is bad because you know the idea of the Jedi is to be a, a pacifistic order. They don't want to fight, um, but they get caught up in this war and they again they sacrifice their morals. So it's all about striking a balance, I guess. It's, I'm, I'm I'm like you. I'm kind of talking through this and trying to work it out. Where you know there's you have on one hand the Jedi who have completely sacrificed their morals and now they're you know they're just warriors and they're fighting and that leads to people like Pong Krell and and, and ultimately Anakin and, and you know things like that. And then on the other hand you have this other guy who's so staunch in his belief that he's just gonna die or let his village get ransacked multiple times because he you know believes so strongly that he can't fight back that would be the wrong well, way to do things. I, like you said earlier about the survival of the fittest it's really that darwinian theory that is really being portrayed in this episode the inability for him to actually evolve and change his beliefs 
is what really would have caused his downfall because in reality if the Jedi weren't there then that defoliator would have just destroyed the entire Lerman village and wiped them out so it really gives that impression that you have to change your philosophy you need to evolve otherwise you will become extinct so that's why I have a lot more yeah. sympathy and I really like the character Wag 2 actually who is who is the yes. uh, younger Lerman and actually stands up to Tewatpar a lot and it really gives that impression almost of uh, the old against the youth you know there's, there's that really this yeah. <laughs> We're not gonna take it. No. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. So yeah, it's I, I, it's. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, I I just quite like that because it really goes to show that um, they're not all the same. And and for example, we're talking about pacifism with the Lerman, but then at the same time, I look at a character like Wag Two, and and I see that they at least have some common sense. And. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and they do actually have differing views as well. And that's really what war's about because it's, it's really, I think, difficult for us, particularly our generation and uh, generation before us, uh, to understand what it's like to be in war. Um, and in wartime, I'm sure decisions will be completely different. And no one, you can understand that you want peace, but, what, but when it's there, you have to stand up and against arms and defend yourself if you're going to be attacked you have to do that so i really i really find it difficult to believe a lot of taywat car's uh beliefs i i, I in, as we said in theory yes of course we want to be pacifism but when we're in the middle of a war this is why I, when i was talking about satine i find it difficult is when we go on later to season five spoilers anyone who hasn't seen it but when the mandalorians all come in she just says fair enough doesn't do anything and lets herself get taken and then she ends up dead so i mean all of that just combination really conveys in a, in a brutal way but it's difficult to avoid it when war is on your doorstep and so when war came to the lerman they have to stand up for themselves surely rather than just feel like oh well you know i'd rather die than kill anyone else yeah yeah absolutely it's it's you know you make the point that you know war's on your doorstep you kind of have to do something about it and i i just think it's it's so fascinating just the, the stark contract between the lerman leader dude and the jedi and just how he is you know he won't sacrifice his beliefs and because of that he's going to die and the Jedi who do sacrifice their beliefs, and because of that, they're going to die. It's it's such a fascinating, you know. It's all about finding the middle ground, which is where Wag Two comes in, which is a very interesting idea. Um, let's talk about the separatists in this episode. We meet meet General Lockdurd of the Trade Federation, played by George Takei. Oh my! Very good action. <laughs> it was Great fantastic. Action. Wow. <laughs> No, George Takei, of course, of Star Trek fame. This is great. Star Trek and Star Trek actor being in Star Wars. Oh, that's right. We like, we like George. Yeah, yeah, George Takei, king of the internet, <laughs> um, gets his cameo. And he was pretty good. I, I got to say, got to give him kudos for a pretty good performance as uh, as Lock I, I, I definitely think so as well. Lock Dirt is a – I thought he was a fantastic character and – I love to see how most of the separatists are Nemoidian as well. This is why I don't, I don't get it. When in the Republic Senate, they don't realize that Lot God is part of it. I swear all of the separatists are Nemoidian, aren't they? Aren't they not? Well, 
be later seeing. Um, I think it's a season three episode when later we talk about um, Senator Chuchi, and, and again they have to go and find some Nemoidians as well. It's just they're everywhere. Surely, surely. Oh well, it baffles me anyway. But it's, it's it was quite funny when I, I thought about it. But actually, his character it it really did reflect. In a way, I guess George Takai as a as a personality, um, and I thought, I, I thought I'm yeah. sure he relished <laughs> and uh, relished that role very much. So it was very very good, and uh, I I I, yeah. I like as well. We get to see motives, even though he was only in for a brief moment. But you get to see how uh, all the separatists are fighting, fighting, fighting each other for that strong position in the council. They they see themselves as having this strong role if they can impress count dooku then they'll get a higher position they'll get a reward as a consequence which actually in a way could sympathize with think <laughs> well it doesn't matter if you're in the council or not either way you're going to end up dead by the end of the war so because that's that's the first thing palpatine yeah. starts to get rid of really isn't it is get rid of this council but yeah. uh so maybe maybe it was a good thing you stayed away from that but um, I thought I, I really, I really did enjoy his character. I have to say. <laughs> and actually, before I pass over to you, I wanted to yeah. mention that we finally get uh, the start of Dooku's appearances in hologram form, where, where he has to tell the villains <laughs> exactly what to do because they're so inept in their in their ways. Yes. That he has to say, "This is exactly how you do it." And, and there's and there's a quote later that I, I I'm not going to read out now because I've got it as one of mine. But it was quite funny when I. Uh, when Lopter said this, uh, talking to Count Dooku about the weapon, uh, claiming it was his yeah. when it was not. And uh, so, Dominic, what are your impressions <laughs> of Lopter? Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I thought like Lopter was a great villain. I love, you know, George Takei's performance was was perfect. It, it was it was really cool. Um, but what I really liked about this is we got to see the Separatists being villains. They showed up and they ransacked the town and they were going to burn all the Lerman because the separatists, we never ever actually see them as, as villains. You know, we see them as bad guys. We see them as the guys that our heroes are going up against, but we don't necessarily see the horrible things that we do, that, that they do. You know, they, you know, we'll see that a little bit in, in the Ryloth arc when we get to that, but we really see it for the first time here because, you know, think about it, in episode two, they're just sort of an alternate political, idea and you know i mean you do get the thing where they try to assassinate padme but you know that's going after one person they're not completely ruining an entire you know town's lifestyle um and you know and that's more of a revenge plot for newt gunray than anything um this is just evil for the sake of evil and you know, you know so we don't see it in episode two episode three we just see them get wiped out pretty much and you know we see grievous and you know grievous is again he's just kind of the bad guy and then and up even in episode one you know there's the line that co bibble says you know the death toll is catastrophic but that kind of gets you know that kind of gets brushed over like okay move along move along it's like it doesn't get you know it's like people are dying what there's thousands of people dying on their boots shouldn't isn't that more important anyways that's you know that that was really pointed out in the yeah, um, you oh, know the, so the, how it should what, have ended for the Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was thinking as well. And actually, I'm going back and thinking about episode yeah. one. The amount of times he's in that hologram and they just look and they're like, "Nah, he's probably talking rubbish," and just turn it off, don't they? And they are just like, oh, "Yeah, drink doesn't matter." And then. <laughs> yeah, we 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 get a bit of we get a bit of Padme reacting to it, well, but not so as much. True in the yeah, Senate, like. 
I'm sorry. Just to quickly finish on this bit on yeah. how, it, how it should have ended, but that bit in the Senate when they go and say, <laughs> you know, oh, you know, we declare evidence in the Moidians. Uh, we declare, we demand proof. <laughs> and then Padme says, like, what we got? We got, you know, we got the hologram, we got the Jedi's witnesses, uh, <laughs> and you got, you know, everything. You got battle droids, helmets, you know, the R2D2 video cam, and you're just like, actually, yeah. you got quite a bit of evidence there. You could have just said that. But then I guess we wouldn't have yeah. had the end of the film. <laughs> it, it wouldn't quite have uh, finished the way George had planned it if, if the audience were captured so soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is one of those things. One of those things about Phantom Menace that, you know, as oh, much as no, we love, love Phantom it. Menace, we're not, you know, we're not ragging on Phantom Menace. We, we love that movie. We think it belongs with all the other Star Wars films in terms of greatness. But just one of those things that, you know, every movie has those things. Um but yeah, so this is great. So back to the point, we saw the Separatists, you know, actually being evil and using that their default, using their defoliator tank and and all kinds of great stuff. And then we get that battle of three Jedi and two clone troopers take out an entire battalion of battle droids. My God, that just shows you how much better a, a Jedi is than a than a droid. You know, it's kind of like in in Ambush, where King Katunko says, "You know, I heard that one single Jedi is worth an entire battalion of droids," and that's kind of what we got, we got in these episodes. Um, cool battle, um, I will say. And then it was great to see uh, Wag Two jumping up and uh, and taking arms I, I thought, in yeah, there. Echoing um, your thoughts, I thought the. The battle itself was just fantastic, yeah. to be honest. And you really got to see for the first time, in my opinion, when you saw Aya Sakura actually wielding her lightsaber with some proper skills there, you know, jumping about and, uh, you know, deflecting all the light, all the blaster bolts. And, and it was it was just really cool to see how, again, animation-wise, they're improving. Again, the force speed with Anakin when he was running up to the defoliator. It was definitely a fantastic battle scene, yeah. I have to say. one. One of the highlights when I remember when I first uh, thought about season one, this was often Defenders of the Peace was often one that I really, really enjoyed. And uh, in case we're just about to finish this, I, I do want to make a point about the uh, last two quotes at the end. Or, or, you have, have you used them at all for your final quotes? Uh, no, I, I don't Okay, well, I'll, I'll just run by and see what your opinion is on these and uh, see if you agree at all. Uh, so Wag 2, you know, Jedi have saved them all, and then Wag 2 says, I was just offering the Jedi our thanks, and then Tewat Kar says, perhaps we do owe you thanks, but I still wonder at what cost. Yes. And I thought that was quite eerie, personally, yeah. but uh, what's your thoughts on those last two quotes? I think that's just uh, the old lemur guy being an ungrateful little, <laughs> you know, little piece of poodoo. I mean, really? You're going to – the Jedi have just saved your life. You realize that your way is wrong and that you need to adapt and he just doesn't. And he, it, 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 was, it was a bit of a disappointment um, and you just kind of wonder what's going to happen next because, you know, the, the point is brought up, you know. Wag two brings up the point: Are we just going to bow down to every tyrant that shows up? You know, okay. So we, so the separatists leave. Well, Hondo's going to show up next week, and he's going to mess things up for us and take all of our crops. And then you know, it, yeah, you know, exactly. and then who knows after that? And then you get the Trandoshans showing up, and all kind of, you know, it, it, it. He makes the right. He makes the point, and hopefully, Wag two, you know, gets together a little band of, of other lemurs, <laughs> lemurs. Um, or lerman i guess i should say and they 
lemurs, yeah. And, um, you know, start training for some fighting if if anybody else shows up and tries to take their land and well, riot point, in their I, streets I again. Was, it kind of, <laughs> in a way, foreshadowed uh, the idea that when he says, I wonder at what cost, because you see the Republic ships then coming in. I, I don't know if this would happen, but perhaps you have Republic forces <laughs> stationed on that planet. And so obviously, when suddenly sides change, Oops. suddenly they're under the Empire's rule. So either way, they, they, they're, I suppose, they're in a no-win situation, whatever way you look at it. But um, despite all of his beliefs, I think that was the one that I actually did uh, not agree with, but it, it definitely um, made, me, made me think about and question whether this was actually a good thing, having if there are going to be Republic troops stationed there. But again, that was quite ambiguous. But I, I just yeah. that was the point that I got from that quote that was quite interesting. Yeah, I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. I, I, I can honestly say I, I hadn't thought of that one. Um, you know, when you mentioned you know the Republic ships coming in and how that would lead to the Empire, I just sort of thought you know the uh, the, the Republic cruisers look mm-hmm. a lot like Star Destroyers, and you know. How much longer before it's Star Destroyers descending on that planet, not Republic cruisers and, and separatists? Exactly. So it's it's interesting, yeah. Um, so what do, you, do we want to do? Uh, do we want to do quotes and sc- and score for this for this this duology separate from Trespass because it's kind of a separate arc. This is kind of a impromptu production uh, meeting very, in the middle of the episode. Organized um, <laughs> but um, yes. Um, <laughs> Should we do it now then? Yeah, because let's do it now then. Let's do it now. Yeah, let's do it now. All right, so uh, I'll go throw it to you first. Uh, oh, favorite quote doing from these two episodes? Because that's what—that's exactly what I'm doing now. <laughs> no, <hang on. laughs> okay, okay, fine. I'll—I'll I'll, I'll give my quote. I'll give my quote because mine's—mine's only one word. It's—it's it's very quick and it's just a little bit of humor thrown in there. It's when Anakin is—is is brought to the the Lerman village. And he sort of wakes up from his unconsciousness and he looks up and there are all the Lerman looking around him. He just goes, snips, <laughs> like, where am I? Who are these people? Um, oh, I've, got, I've got one for each. Have you, have, you, have you got one for Defenders of the Peace as well? Okay, I, I, well, I don't. Do I just have the one. I like the... Um, all right, all right go, go for it. Jedi Crash first. And this is the... Uh, uh, tactical droid quote when he says uh, this is taking too long destroy that cruiser and then the droid goes but sir there are hundreds hundreds of droids on board and he says I don't care <laughs> roger roger <laughs> <laughs> evil tactical droid <laughs> nice. and um, this is uh, this one from defenders of the peace and or defenders of peace it says here I keep saying that wrong I did, whichever way you, you get the you get the memo. Fourteenth episode of season one, guys. Um, and yeah. I'm going to go with the one at the end. Actually, I was, I was the one earlier. I was saying uh, or alluding to earlier was when he said, um, uh, "You know, this is a great time to test my oh, sorry our new weapon." You see, Dooku gives that face as though like Who do you think you are, mate. And uh, yeah. the one I'm going to go with though is when he says at the end. Uh, Help, I'll be defoliated. <laughs> well, that's quite a good one. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. All right, and we'll do, yeah, we'll do, we'll do scores out of 10 at the end um, with, with, with Trespass. All right, so let's, let's jump into Trespass. Um, 
Yeah, uh, do you have a description for us for this uh, one? Brace yourselves. It might be quite long. So, here we go. Right. <laughs> Arriving on a desolate ice world of auto-plutonia, Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi investigate the disappearance, sorry, the disappearance of a clone security force stationed on a remote outpost. The Jedi, accompanied by Senator Rio Chuchi and Chairman Cho on the nearby moon of Pantora, soon discover their clone troopers were attacked by a tribe of furry natives known as the Tiles. Tensions between the Pantorans and Tiles over the autonomy of Auto-Plutona escalate, leading to war between the two and Jedi caught in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. All right, um, before we, re- we really start discussing the episode, I just want to say... I forgot how good this episode is. I, you know, I, you know, when we sit down to to do these episodes, take take notes, you know, when we're watching them to remember things to bring up. You don't want to end the show and go, crap, I wanted to bring up that. And, you know, usually, like, you know, for the last two episodes, Defenders of Peace and Jedi Crash, Crash, I had, you know, some pretty, you know, copious notes, you know, pages and pages. No, not quite that much, but, you know, I took a bunch of notes. And in this one, you know, about five minutes in, I just stopped taking mm. notes. I got completely lost in the episode. And then, you know, in a good way, not like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, I was totally in- involved and, and you know, you know, it, it really wrapped me up in the story again. And I've forgotten how much I enjoy the episode. It was it was really, really good. And it's all of a sudden it skyrocketed to one of my favorites of the series from, from revisiting it. Just how much I enjoyed it. It was so good. I mean, what what did you think of, of the episode upon, uh, you know, first viewing well, or, or reviewing? Agree. When I first viewed this episode, I mean, I was a lot younger then. I was more into the action side of, of things. So I was a little bit disappointed when it came to this episode. But I've, I've revisited this. And I'm, before I reviewed it, I've, I have really enjoyed it. I have to say it's one of the, I would argue, the surprise packages. One that you wouldn't expect. But when I looked at this episode, Trespass, I, d- I didn't think... For example, when I looked back at Dooku Captured and, and Gungan General, I thought, eh, well, it wasn't great. And then when I re- reviewed it, I thought, oh, it's actually quite good. This one, I, I knew straight away, this is, this is a great episode because it may just be a single episode, but it's got, as you said, so much good stuff in there. And actually, when I was revisiting it as I'm older mm-hmm. at university, uh, particularly when I'm learning about history, there's a lot more I understand, <laughs> particularly certain words, like even sovereignty was a particular <laughs> word. I had no idea about Sorry, but nice. it, it makes a lot of sense and it's very very engaging I have to say and I also would argue that a good plus point in this is not just a story but I think again we, we keep discussing this but animation again is fantastic and uh, I think I'll just quickly mention about on the featurette how it really is an emulation of much of Ralph McQuarrie's art and, and the work artwork for Hoth and you can really see that uh, how, how the scene is uh, how the actual planet itself really resonates very closely with Hoth and I really believe that it conveys so well how how the Clone Wars animation has improved immensely I, I say this every arc but the more I look back at it the more I'm I'm so shocked because of what we've seen in season five and the clips of season six that they still add up I don't look back at them and think Oof, well, the quality's a bit naff. It's not that great. I, I still look and think it's amazing. And I, I'll ask you that question. What did you think of the animation briefly on this episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's one of those things that, you know, there is a bit of a shock going back to the Clone Wars movie when you're used to, you know, season five and, and bonus content clips and that kind of stuff. So there is a bit of a shock, but I think once you sort of get used to that level of animation again, that it's still at the beginning and you start to watch it grow again, you, you gain that appreciation. Um, so, you know, as much as it was mm. a bit of a culture shock to jump back, I've started to appreciate it a lot more. And yeah, I, I love anytime they, they base stuff on, on, on Ralph McQuarrie's work, you know, so we'll be getting oh, lots yeah. of that for Rebels when that comes out. Um, it'll be something, it, you know, it, it's something I really enjoy. And, you know, anytime they base it on, on, on unused concepts from the prequels or even in, or, or the original trilogy or, you know, anything, it's, it's always fascinating to see that, you know, they don't throw away the ideas, which is great. Which is absolutely great. And of course, lots of the Empire Strikes Back oh, yeah. sort of references in this stuff. Just the snow and the, the Rex's helmet and uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, just the way they're dressed and the jackets and stuff. It's, it, and in subtle, subtle references, you know, it, you know, there's no Wampas or, or Tauntauns. I guess they couldn't get the, uh, <laughs> the animation model ready in time for those, for those. Um, because, you know, it's kind of like, well, yeah. why couldn't we have set this one on Hoth? But, you know. It's, it, it is good to get out there and see a few more um, planets. And I guess Hoth is supposed to be a, a system that's beyond the Empire's reach. And Pantor is part of the Republic. And yeah. the Republic becomes the Empire. So it doesn't quite work. So I guess yeah, it has to be a different snow planet. Fine. <laughs> fine. But, uh, you know, you just want – yeah. I just want Tauntauns. Just Tauntauns. Um, no. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we meet Chairman Cho. And this guy, man – I don't know. He was like, I think that the uh, the fortune cookie for this episode, I'm blanking on what it is. Um, I think it hit a, yeah. Yeah, I think that applies directly to this guy. It's like this guy needed somebody to tell him that because, you know, he's clearly been the leader for a long time. And, and you know, he has strong opinions like the, the, the Lerman guy. And because of that, he goes to war when um, the head tiles. Uh, I un- what's his, oh, you, you have to have his name? You come back to me. I have got it here somewhere. Uh, okay, the, the the head tiles is is you know he just he just wants to be friends. He's, he's sitting there singing, "Why can't we be friends?" And and t- uh, Chairman Cho is just like, "Die, yeah, you um, savage!" Uh, which Tai San, yes, Tai San. Uh, so yeah. Um, well, what did you think of, of Chairman Show? You have stated are, are exactly what I thought. Um, <laughs> I keep alluding to me at uni, but I'm studying about 19th century history for anyone who's actually interested. But um, I can really see Chairman Cho really reflecting old imperialists and their view, their outlook on existence, mm-hmm. on life. They called, or he called, the uh, planet a wasteland. The inhabitants as mere savages, as though they were inferior. Pantora, it, despite the fact that they actually state in the episode that Planet and its inhabitants were, namely, there longer than Pantora and the Pantorans, and he still says, "Well, it, it belongs to us. It doesn't matter." And in a way, I thought he was a little. Well, also how this relates to 19th century history, in my point of view, is how he really see, perceived the. Women, particularly Senator Chuchi, is really subordinate. As I just say, oh, you think you're an expert on war now, Senator? She's a senator, you know. Just be, you know, of course she's mm. going to be knowing about the war. She's she's a part of it. So 
<laughs> so that that, that baffled yeah. me itself. Uh, he really did seem in his ways, and that particular scene, which really uh, is is aggravating, is um, well, a couple of them. There's quite a few, but the one where where they have that meeting with Ty Senate, <laughs> and straight away he's in there and he says, "Right, you listen to me, you savage." You just thinking, what? Where has this guy come from? Where is all this animosity towards these creatures, towards the towels? I. That's why, in my opinion, he must have been so self-centered to think that he just wanted that planet to be part of Pantora, almost as like a mini empire. That it was part of Pantora, and uh, no matter who was living yeah. there. And then he, I, I, I struggled to feel sympathy at the end when he says he died for his people, because in my opinion, he, he died for his own selfish cause there. And he caused the deaths of his guards, of the clones, yeah. needlessly, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, that was my thought. And uh, uh, I think you touched on it already, Dominic, but is there anything you want to finish on Chairman Cho? Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> he's just hey, – he's a jerk. There's no, Stop beating around the bush. He's not a, not a good dude. He's a terrible leader. I mean he seems like one of those people that, you know – he may have been a great leader once, and you know maybe Pantora had been in some war, and he had been a great wartime leader, but he just didn't know how to handle peace, and he just, you know, he, he viewed everything as an attack. He was, you know, he was a bad dude, and you know, he he almost he was yeah. this close to well, messing things up for arrived, good. Uh, um, I- at the meeting point, the first thing he said was, get your troops on that ice ridge. And then I like it when Obi-Wan says, you know, there will be no attack. Yeah. And then he starts getting all angry at Obi-Wan. And I just think, whoa. Yeah. But um, actually, this could be quite a good connection, is how we actually see the Jedi. And you mentioned earlier as peacekeepers. Yeah. And don't <laughs> actually get involved in <laughs> fighting. So maybe that held resonance with Anakin. Because yeah. Chronologically, it, this is actually Arthur. So <laughs> maybe this holds resonance with the fact earlier <laughs> were perceiving them as not being peacekeepers. I don't think so, but uh, genuinely, it's good to see that the perceptions uh, that, that could have been challenged in the Lerman were kind of re-established here, that the Jedi are still good. They are peacekeepers. Peacekeepers, Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I remember Dave Filoni saying somewhere that, you know, this is what the Jedi used to do. This is what the Jedi did before the war, and this is what Obi-Wan mm-hmm. thinks the Jedi will do after the war. And and so it's it's an interesting, you know, it's really, you know, I mean, clones are there, but and, and they have gunships and all that. But it's really, it's, it, it has very little to do with the actual war. It's a definite side story. And it, and it's, it's very interesting to see the Jedi as peacekeepers. Like, they're there to stop the fighting and, and you know... I mean, if that means occasionally drawing a lightsaber, which they don't in this episode, you know, then they'll do it. But their, you know, their primary goal is to, you know, first to, to, to find the towels, to talk to the towels. And then, you know, when Chairman Cho messes things up, mm. it's to get Chuchi in charge, you know, go talk to the, the speaker of the of the, the house or the speaker of the chamber or whatever it was and, and get um, new power, get her to have the power and take over for him and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely... This is sort of a – if we ever got a, a series about the Jedi before um, Phantom Menace or, or between episodes one and two, this is kind of what the stories would be like. And, and if they're like this story, then, <laughs> then I, I'm game for that. That would be, that'd be fun. Um, what about you? What do you think of the I, Jedi I, as actual I, I peacekeepers? Totally agree with your there, to be honest. I think the Jedi being peacekeepers is what we imagine. And this is what we don't see established – in the films that much because they always seem to be fighting uh that that's not 
primarily their fault. That's because they've been put into a position where they have to. But in this situation, they don't. And it's good to see that even Anakin agrees with Obi-Wan when he says uh, in that snow cave scene, he says, no matter what the general thinks, we're not going to war. And if Anakin's thinking like that, then clearly there is level-headedness yeah. towards Jedi. Yeah. Know, which I thought was quite surprising. <laughs> but, and also that the, the gunship scene where... Uh, Senator Chucci tries to pass the power over to the Jedi and says, you do, you mediate it. And then she starts trying to order them to do it. But they stand firm and in their beliefs, they actually stand in their beliefs and say, no, you have to do this. It's your people, not us. If you want to solve this, then you have to be the one who communicates. So I really resonated and really liked the role of the Jedi in this one and as, as again another plus point for this particular episode that uh, really works in its favour and it's good to see actually that we are discussing it now because it really does contrast that previous arc we were discussing uh, as to how the Lerman perceived the Jedi yeah. and then how we as the audience now perceive the Jedi in this episode Trespass we do actually see how they should be acting as peacekeepers Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, you get the idea that, you know, I mean, Chuchi is, 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 seems to come across as, as a bit of a pacifist. And, you know, uh, why? Tyson. Ten, tens. <laughs> Tyson. I knew that. Um, Tyson. You know, he clearly doesn't want to go to war either. And, and so you have a situation where neither of the sides really wants to be fighting each other, but they are for bad reasons. And so they're able to, you know, use negotiations to end the war and whereas in the prior episodes you kind of saw you know there's one side that doesn't want to fight and there's one side that that wants to fight and there's you know when that happens it's very difficult to convince the other side not to fight um and that those are the times when you do have to take up arms so it's a it's, it's interesting that way um let's talk about chuchi a little bit this is the first time we see her we'll see her again in season three in the sphere of influence um, where we'll see her on a mission with Ahsoka. But this is sort of, we see her at her beginnings as a senator. I get, I get the idea that she's a young-ish senator and that she isn't very experienced because she seems very timid versus how we see her later where she's very, you know, um, you know, hard-edged and, you know, in your face, ready yeah. to, you know, kick your butt with some diplomacy. <laughs> Whereas in this one, she's, you know, we see her kind of gain her confidence throughout the episode and, you know, I, I kind of wonder, couldn't the Jedi have negotiated on, on her behalf? You know, in theory, they they could have, but you know, again, it's it's Jedi being Jedi. It's really, I would say, it's Obi Wan being Obi Wan more than anything. Is he, you know, he makes her do it her herself, and and that's what gains her the confidence to you know do what she does later on in the series. Yeah, um, similar to what did you think of Chuchi? Discussed Hondo two weeks ago. It's it's one of those characters at the beginning that I didn't really feel anything <laughs> for because. Again, it was a one, just one episode. Didn't really believe that I would see her again. But again, looking back, it's good to see how uh, yeah. her story really starts. And she does play a prominent role in this episode. And in, in terms of that scene, just to quickly touch on that with Obi-Wan, I, I actually agree with Obi-Wan. I think it's, it's important for the Pantorans to actually delegate and communicate in this mission because it's primarily mm. the, an internal affair, which is what, Chairman Cho actually claims to. The only thing that actually makes sense, it is an internal affair. And so she needs to be at the <laughs> forefront to discuss this, because if not, then it will just 
it, it won't it won't have the same effect because it's Jedi instead of actually Pantorans. It's almost as though she's hiding behind the Jedi. But as a character, I really did like her because she was clearly yeah. was that complete polar opposite to Chairman Cho, who's absolute, as you said, a jerk. So Senator Chuchi was actually breath of fresh air, and <laughs> I really, I really begin to like her character a lot more upon viewing it again. And she does stand up at the end. She's very, very confident to, you know, straight away spear and palms it down on the floor, and that's good because it it conveys that she resonates with them and there are similarities between the two and how they communicate. So I, I, I particularly like that scene. And so her character, I think, is, 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 is a very good character, I have to say, and she's definitely grown on me more so than I would ever have imagined. So that's a big compliment I can give her because she's, obviously she's not in it as much as Hondo is, but she, she's still a good character, would you not agree? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's a she was a great character, and it's good that we sort of see her again after this. And sort of, it's like, well, okay, we'll check in with Chuchi, see where she is. Where you know, she was you know very timid at the at the beginning of this episode. She gained some confidence at the end, and and now she's you know kicking butt in the Senate as she should be, uh, which was great. To, which is great. And, and, you know, it was great that the series was able to take another look at her, um, see where she's see where she was at. Um, one thing I did want to, to, to point out that was I found kind of humorous is that the droids and the clones both have a secret base on this planet, and neither of them was able to detect the other one. <laughs> and I was like, it wait a minute. Like wait a minute. It was a quick transition yeah. to, the other, to the next scene. They were in the clone base, and then they were just in their speeders towards this yeah. massive tank that you'd think would be quite obvious in a snow-covered planet <laughs> to be visible, but apparently not. And and that, that was actually one thing. It's interesting you brought that up. Yeah. I'm glad you did, because I did, when I was reviewing this episode, think, where, where are the other droids? Like, the Republic has come in, but then where, why are the Separatists not coming in? Are they not curious about what happened to their outpost? <laughs> yeah. Apparently not, but, I, you know, it's just to make the story a bit more interesting, I guess. It was supposed to be a red herring to think it was the droids, even though it was yeah. quite obvious it wasn't. Because, uh, for one, I, I never saw a droid hold a spear before, but you know, stranger stranger things have happened, bearing in mind we've only <laughs> seen fire droids with those water hoses, so it's possible. But, um, yeah, that, that yeah. I completely echo your thoughts there, um, with, yeah. with the reason why the Separatists were there and how they weren't detected. Yeah, I, I just thought that was funny. Um, and uh, anything else yeah, you want to bring actually, up I'll, uh, about what, this episode? What was your impression of the tiles overall? Because obviously we, we've seen them in the cantina in episode four, but not really actually involved yeah, in their culture. That... So what, what was your opinion? It's... It's it's interesting. I I wonder are are the Tals native to um, or, um Orto Plutonia? I mean, are, or are they just, um, or is that just sort of a settlement uh, from from the of the Tals? Because they're obviously you know Obi Wan says they're not advanced enough to have mastered space travel. But by the time of Episode Four, which is only really twenty twenty five years <laughs> later, there's one hanging out in the cantina. I mean, did you know? Did he, you know, stumble onto a ship, some smuggler's ship at some point in between, or or what? It's it's it's, it's just an interesting choice of aliens, given we know that you know one of them is often out in the technological 
galaxy, sort of the, the maybe, maybe unquote, first world galaxy, towards one of the clone ships and then sails off. And then, and, then, and then that's the one we see. Oh, that would have been cool. Everyone's, everyone's that would have been cool. I've never seen it before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's got a helmet on and everything. He somehow managed to squish into some clone armor. Jeez. Yeah, Jeez, Fives, you look a little <laughs> heavy today, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and even come yeah. back clone and no one notices. Oh, really we'll get on to that soon, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or... <laughs> yeah. Or the um, commando droid who puts on the – and somehow grows oh, two extra so fingers. Oh, that's probably the worst disguise I've ever seen. Yeah. I put the clone uh, trooper helmet on, but it was so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, I, I, I like the towels. I think they were – you know, they, they had a bit of a, like a, a wookie edge to them, you know, that they could be lovable – and they could be fierce warriors, you know? They they kind of felt like Wookiees. They kind of felt like what I like to think of it, that Chewie is is like, um, which was which was good. And then you know, it, you know, you're you're really you're on the Tal's side, even though you know you see the Tal's fighting against clone troopers, who are we're usually you know we're on the clone trooper side. And, you know, even though we don't want to see we don't want to see Rex go down, but we're kind of cheering for the mm. Tal's. You know, we kind of want them to get German Cho, and and you know, at least I felt that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. You know, cause he, you know, exactly, he's a jerk. <laughs> really relate to the towels, to be and, honest, because uh, but yeah. they definitely seem to be quite peaceful, and, and and they were really just defending their sovereignty more than anything else. And mm-hmm. and in their eyes, as, as we as viewers, yeah, exactly. concur with, they got these Pantorans stepping on their ground and saying, "No, this is what happens. You you are part of us." When to be honest, they probably don't even understand what the Senate is. Yeah, uh, it's trying to establish that on them if they can't even master space yeah. travel. So, <laughs> I I definitely feel for the towels, and uh, it was, you know, kind of summing that part up. I I think they they were definitely the good polar opposites towards that Chairman Cho villain as he was. And there's no doubt, as much as we don't like him, I still think he was a very good villain because yeah. obviously you need to make this to make that he did in yeah. a way make this episode though. Uh, not not make it completely, but he was an essential component because obviously he was there, and you really were like, oh, for, you know, you do not like this guy, but it then makes it believable when they have this conflict because, as we said, they're, they're quite peaceful creatures in reality. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, anything else you want to bring up? Because, like I said, I didn't take very many notes for this episode. Uh, I, just no, I just sat back and enjoyed it. <laughs> Again, Obi Wan and Anakin banter. I, I like to refer to that because obviously in Episode Four, Obi Wan yeah. states that they were close friends, and and again, you you have further evidence of it here as we've already seen in the, in Dooku captured in particular. And this is another good episode for that. Yeah, in my opinion, I thought it was uh, there were some great quotes that we'll come on to later between those two characters. In my opinion, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. No, I was I was sitting here with your fingers crossed. Don't don't so say my I quote. Don't say my quote. Don't say my quote. No, not yet. <laughs> All right. So well, let's get into that. Um, I'm gonna go first this time. My favorite quote from the episode uh, was when you know Anakin and Obi Wan are walking up to the Talos, um sort of settlement for the first time, 
and you know Obi Wan yeah. saying, you know, they might be more intelligent than you think, you know, blah blah blah, blah. and then the Talos guys are like, you know, does the you know, speaks in his language, and Anakin just sort of goes, well, say something. I have goes, well. oh, shut up. I thought of that was yeah, definitely. One of my favorites, but I'll put I'll take two a, a funny one and a serious one. Uh, a funny one was when, um, <laughs> at the beginning, sure. they walk off the Republic ship, and Obi Wan says, This is the planet's tropical zone, and then Anakin says, It's not Tatooine, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and if Anakin thought space was cold, I'm sure he's like, this is way too cold on this planet. Oh, I need exactly. Padme and to come put another blanket around me. That, uh, I will choose, uh, which is quite a serious one. Uh, I think it said, to die for one's people, a great sacrifice. To live for one's people, an even greater sacrifice. I choose my people. What do you choose? And I thought yeah. that was just a great line there from Senator Tucci. And you, you could yeah. almost compare that at the start when she was really timid. She's really standing up for a her beliefs, her people, and that was really to be admired, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. All right, well, I think that is going to wrap things up. Let's, uh, why don't you go ahead and give your final thoughts for these, I guess, two arcs, kind of. I mean, it's an arc and okay, an episode. Brilliant. And uh, score out of the test. Arc, then Jedi Crash and Defenders of Peace, a fantastic arc, I have to say. I'm going to give this one a... A 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. I don't think there's really a lot wrong with it, but in looking into the future, and there are definitely better arcs, in my opinion, a double one, but I still think it was a, it was a great arc. We got to see Ayla Sakura for the first time, and I thought her character, when we compared it to Jedi that we've seen previously, is a lot more, uh, in, well, a lot more enjoyable to watch. You can really... Um, you really do like her character a lot more in my opinion I think it's good to see the actual um, the first example really of creatures that are questioning the Jedi, it's really that first time you get to see that so you really do begin to realise as an audience member that it's not all just black and white that there really is this grey element and we haven't seen a bounty hunter yet we'll come on to that but this is really the first time it's questioning the Jedi and so that in itself is something that needs to be uh, admired. And so I think overall, though, not much wrong with this arc. The only thing that really bugged me was that uh, Taywat car leader with all of his um, philosophy that he would never change. And we've talked about that anyway, but I don't really want to put too much negativity on that. Seven out of ten. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go back to you and then we can do Trespasser. So what's your opinion on that start? Sure. Yeah, uh, on the... Uh... Uh, Jedi Crash and Defenders of Peace. Um, I I like this uh, this arc. Um, it's I don't think it's one of my favorites from the overall series. Uh, just because there's a lot of stuff in the in the first episode that we didn't really talk about with the with the monster and, and all that stuff that I I, didn't, I felt was a bit non-essential, a little bit too much, and, and a little bit too much uh, for me. I, I wasn't my cup of tea, that kind of stuff. Um, and then of course. Um, the head Lerman and, and his way of being, but other than that, you know, to get away from the negativity, uh, of course, fantastic action, beautiful visuals. Ayla Sakura was fantastic. I think, she, like you said, she's a great sort of older sister character to Ahsoka, and I, I kind of wish we could kind of got more to see uh, of those two in the in the series. You know, I, I kind of like to think 
Ahsoka. What does Ayla think of, of Ahsoka leaving the Order? That would be something interesting that hopefully could be dealt with somewhere down the line in some kind of comic or, or novel or, or something um, at some point. And of course, George Takei is locked her. Fantastic. I'm also going to go with the uh, 7 out of 10 on this arc. And so, Trespass, I'll throw it back to you. Trespass, right. I, I completely agree with you. I am going to give this one a 9 out of 10 because I think this is up there with one of the best single episodes that we get to see in the Clone Wars. I Before this, I'd already enjoyed it. And watching it again, there was just so much good stuff in this, to be honest. Um, I I don't know why I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10. I think it's because, as I say, in the future, there are other episodes that I would give a 10 out of 10, but there's not really a lot wrong with this. I think the... Oh, it's just fantastic. The animation, as we alluded to earlier, was great. And it really did... When I give an arc a really good score, I like to resonate... It usually resonates with me at least with the old movies and you can see that here even just having C-3PO and R2-D2 briefly in this episode and you have the banter between Obi-Wan and Anakin and you do have that action in the episode as well there's so much good in this in this episode and I, I said even though the villain was clearly a jerk he was still <laughs> he was still an integral component of this episode he really made it and as I'm older I, I appreciate it more for what it is um, it's, it's not a complete action-packed episode in terms of lightsaber fights, but there's, there's obviously action in there. But I still think that there's good morals attached to it as well. It's just fabulous, really. So 9 out of 10, brilliant episode. Throw it back to you. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I am really struggling with what, what score to give this episode. Cause I, you know, I, I want to give it a 10 out of 10, but then at the same time, like, can I give this the same score? I will give, you know, something like stuff from Mortis or, or, or the season four mall Mandalorian stuff. And it's just, Oh, I, I, I don't know if I can do it. So I got to give it, give it the, give it the nine out of 10 as well. I are given the same scores this week. We might as well just, might as well have just done one round of final thoughts. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, I love, love the visuals. I uh, love the callbacks to Ralph McQuarrie and empire strikes back. Uh, of course, love seeing Chuchi and her sort of character development. And of course, Anakin and Obi-Wan dealing with the Tals. And there's nothing better than um, the Tals leader. Ty Say. Um, <laughs> um, giving Obi-Wan that big bear hug at the, at the end of their meeting. I, I love that moment. That was such a great little human moment. It's sort of, it's kind of like Chewie. It's, again, it, they, these, these characters embodied what I think of when I think of Chewbacca, which is, you know, Chewie. Who doesn't love Chewie? So it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely a fantastic arc. Nine out of ten. So that'll do it for this week. Um, don't forget, you can listen to this show every other Tuesday next week. We are doing episodes that I have forgotten. Blue uh, Shadow Virus. Blue Shadow Virus. Oh, this will be good. <laughs> Blue Shadow. <laughs> Blue Shadow Virus and Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Oh, this will be interesting. This will be interesting. So yeah, that's what we'll be discussing next week. Um, that'll be next, or the following Tuesday. Um, if you want to send us your thoughts on those episodes, or these episodes, or prior episodes, or future episodes, you can send them to CloneWarsStrikesBack at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CloneWarsStrikesBack, or just search for the CloneWarsStrikesBack. And I'm going to level with you guys here real quick. 
We get more downloads on iTunes than we have likes on our Facebook page. Gotta fix that. Gotta fix that. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at TCW Strikes Back. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DominicJ25. Uh, Kieran, do you have a personal Twitter handle? I do indeed. You can follow me at, at CDuggan6. And uh, I'm going to do a little plug myself. Go for it. Also, listen on Student Radio Expression FM 87.7. Uh, talking about sports if you're interested in that give it a good listen and I'm sure I'll be prepared to give you guys a shout out if you want yeah can you listen to that online you can indeed on ex- www.expressionfm.info and right. uh, there's a Facebook page Expression Sports page and uh, give it a like but also if you're listening give this page a like as well yeah. <laughs> if we're getting more downloads than likes and Surely you listeners can get on Facebook, give us a like. Much appreciated. Absolutely. Um, Never miss an episode of this show or my other podcast, the Star Wars Underworld podcast, by subscribing to the Star Wars Underworld iTunes feed. Just search Star Wars Underworld on iTunes. You can find it there. And you can leave a review of this show or the other show if you want. Um, And preferably a five-star review. Um, You can catch the Star Wars Underworld podcast live Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern um, talking all things Star Wars Episode Seven, Rebels, Clone Wars bonus contents. Who knows? By the time we record that, maybe we'll have some official news about that. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Come on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's 9 p.m. Eastern, Channel 1138. Um. Or you can download it from the aforementioned iTunes feed Friday morning. And of course, hit up StarWarsUnderworld.com throughout the week for the latest breaking Star Wars news. Like Episode 7, Rebels, Clone Wars bonus content, Battlefront, everything else. And uh, if you have any questions about the Star Wars uh, Clone Wars bonus content, um, I wrote a FAQ, and that's on StarWarsUnderworld.com. You can find it there. I uh, try to answer all the questions that I've seen posted online about it that I can. And just hopefully, if, if you have any questions about that, yeah, heck, you can get in, get in touch with us. Uh, and we'll try and answer those for you as well that, that aren't in the frequently asked questions. So thank you everybody for listening and may the force be with you. <laughs>